Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is the return of the Unplayable Podcast, and what a way to celebrate the show's comeback than with a special guest appearance from Australia fast bowler, Mitchell Stark. Mitchell, welcome. Sammy, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to, to uh, jump on with you. Uh, Stark, you're going to help preview Australia's upcoming tour of Bangladesh, which kicks off on Sunday in Dhaka. But before we get to that, you're currently out of action with a foot injury. Tell us where you're at. Uh, plenty of time in the gym. Been running, which has been fantastic to get back into that. Um, I have another scan tomorrow, actually, uh, on what's Thursday, um, to see where it's at. Hopefully, the the bone edema or the hot spots, as they're commonly known, uh, are all gone in the foot, and I can start bowling on Monday if that's the case. All right. Now you didn't get picked in the one day squad or the T Twenty squad to go to India, so you're eyeing a comeback in the JLT One Day Cup. Yeah, that's that's the one. Um, sitting down with the the medicos and the guys that um, I guess determine. When I start playing that again, it, it um, we all agreed it was it was uh, best to to sort of come back through that that one day tournament um, rather than go to India. I, I've been rushed back the last few times I've been injured yep. for, for tournaments like the Champions Trophy did, and my foot wasn't right for that. So um, I thought it best just to obviously got the big big series is the Ashes mm. this summer, so I don't want to go into that carrying anything small or, or coming back too early for for an Indian tour. So. Um, we figured the timeline suits coming back for the, for the domestic one day tournament, uh, having some good cricket there, play a few shield games, and then ready to go and, and available for selection for the Ashes. Now you don't mind playing in the one day cup in Australia, do you, Mitch? Uh, last time, I think it was in 2015. Uh, actually, it was after the Bangladesh tour got cancelled. He played uh, half a dozen matches, just took 26 wickets at a measly average of 8.11 and a strike rate of every. 12 balls um so you're looking forward to getting back out there with the blues yeah look it was it was a lot of fun that year we we uh, obviously had some success as a team and, and won it that year and then won again last year so going for three in a row this year and it's, it's um, a hat trick yeah, yeah so that'd be nice to do again with the blues boys it's been nice to train the last few weeks with the boys and getting in the gym facing some balls um with the bat and um sort of helping some of the younger bowlers out so be nice to, to get back and play a few games with New South Wales in the in the one day format and then into the Shield games as well, heading into a, a long summer. All right, let's start previewing this uh, two test tour, Qantas tour of, of uh, Bangladesh. Uh, Fourteen men have been named in the squad. Uh, the squad reads Steve Smith as captain, David Warner his deputy, Ashton Agar, Jackson Bird, Hilton Cartwright, Pat Cummins, Peter Hanscom, Josh Hazelwood, Usman Khawaja, Nathan Lyon, Glenn Maxwell, Matthew Renshaw, Mitchell Swepson. And the wicketkeeper Matthew Wade. Let's start with the batters, uh, Starkey, and the top six. It's pretty well set, I reckon. Uh, like the combination of Warner, Renshaw, Kawaja, Smith, Hanscom, and Maxwell. That would mean just the one change from that Indian series early in the year with Kawaja coming in for Sean Marsh. Uh, now you've played a lot of cricket with Usman Kawaja, but he hasn't played a lot in 2017, so he must be itching to get out there and show his stuff. Yeah, he would have. He, he spent uh, close to four months on the trot uh, in India through that test series and then on the IPL. So he's, uh, I guess he's had a lot of time in the nets and he's looking forward to putting that into to practice out in the middle now. So I know he's worked he's worked really hard over the last 12 months, um, really itching to get a, a game out there and 
and, and no doubt he'll he'll um be very well prepared for, for Bangladesh and, and, and look to put some, some big runs on the board. So I'm looking forward to watching that. He said he was pretty much a professional water boy <laughs> for about three months. What was he like as a water boy? Was he all right? It's a job you don't want to be too good at. It's not, but um, look, he he was very good about it. He's a very good team man. He's, he's um, always always making guys laugh and um, knows when to be a pest as well. So look, he, he's, he was very good. He was obviously, it's, it's not the... It's not a nice thing to, to have to run the drinks all the time and um, someone's got to do it, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, look, he's very good about it. He was, he's good around the group, always positive, worked really hard off the ground in terms of his training and, and that sort of thing. So that was great to see. And, and as I said before, I'm sure he'll put that into practice now in the middle if he gets a run. Yeah, well, well touching on that, he spent a lot of time in Asia, in India in particular. Uh, there's been a bit of criticism about his ability to play spin bowling, but do you reckon he's poised to prove some of those doubts wrong if he gets a run in Bangladesh? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think all the batters, all, the whole team have had a, a copped a bit of stick about how we how we've played spin in the past, and um, maybe was he more than more than most has copped a bit of it. So, look, um, he's definitely worked a lot. From what I saw in that Indian series, worked a hell of a lot at it. I'm sure he did so in the the IPL as well with a few of the the Indian spinners in that team um, sort of working him around as well. So, yeah, look, uh, it's obviously slightly different over in Bangladesh than it is in India, but, um, yeah, I'm sure he's going to be well-equipped for this series. And do you reckon the Australian batsmen gained a lot of confidence with just how well they did in India? I mean, they played the Indian spinners as well as anybody has in recent times. Yeah, I think we, we can take a lot of positives out of that tour. Obviously, being in such a good position in, in all four test matches and, and losing the series is, mm. is something... Uh, I guess we can learn from and, and be a little bit disappointed about, but the fact we were in commanding positions in all those tests is, is also a positive. So, um, yeah, we can we can take a lot of confidence out of the way we played those spinners at times, but we weren't able to, I guess, win some of the, the key moments um, with the bat and with the ball um, to win that series. So it's something we're, we're looking to learn from in, I guess, in Asian series going forward. One of the fresh faces in the squad is Matthew Renshaw and in India. He got runs both on and off the field. Uh, <laughs> he's a bit of a character. Um, can you tell us a little bit about him now that you've spent a bit of time with him in the test setup? Yeah, he can be a pest as well. Uh, <laughs> must be something about those Queenslanders. But um, no, he's, he's a good kid. He's got, a, I guess, an older head on his shoulders sometimes, especially with the bat. He just loves to bat. So I think yep. that's the best thing. He, he loves to spend a lot of time out of the middle. He doesn't seem very flustered out there when there's a bit of chat coming around. Uh, obviously, we saw a bit of that through the Indian series. He was mm. copping a bit, but he just had a smile on his face and, <laughs> and loved being out there. So I think that's the greatest thing for such a young kid. He's, he's really, I guess he, he's quite calm under under some of those pressures. So, um, look, I'm sure he's going to play a lot of cricket for Australia. He's got that, I guess there's a lot of comparisons to, to someone like Matthew Hayden with him being such a big kid, yep. um, good reach, which is which what you... I guess something you look for in, in those Asian conditions where it's spinning, getting out to the ball. Um, so that's a good thing. He's taking the game on um, when he sees fit. Um, and, and look, he, he likes to talk about the game a lot and, and as I said before, spend a lot of time out in the middle, which is, is great for our, our top order. Mm. He's a confident young kid as well, isn't he? Um, he's probably got a bit of work to do in terms of his tardiness. He missed, he's missed the bust a couple of times in his first eight test matches, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, we've had to kick him in the line of the leadership <laughs> group. Um, yeah, he's a bit lighter in the pocket because of it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, look, he'll, he'll learn. Um, he's only, what, 21 now, so um, hopefully that, that's behind him. We've got Uzi over there. I've, I spoke to the other day. He's, he's keeping him line, in line with... Uh, being on time for buses and training and remembering your baggy green and, and that sort of thing. So 
he's only a kid still, but um, he'll learn quick if he keeps getting fined for that. I'm sure he will. Uh, <laughs> look at the middle order and after scoring his maiden test century and a 50 in the following match to boot Glenn Maxwell. He looks set to retain his spot at number six. However, the coach, Darren Lehman, uh, he's pretty much confirmed that Ashton Ager will play as the second spinner. So do you reckon that might mean the selectors uh, will potentially look at maybe a seam bowling all round uh, Hilton cut right into the 11 somewhere? Uh, maybe they pick a third specialist quick, depending on the weather and what the pitch does. Or is Maxi that man at fourth drop? I think the one you mentioned there was, was more the weather. So it'd be, I guess dependent on what... What sort of wickets we're faced with? There's been a lot of rain. It's monsoon season. Um, talking to a few of the guys over the last few days, it seems to be raining very heavily and then yeah. being a little bit of sunshine, or enough sunshine to get some training time in. So that could mean some underprepared wickets perhaps, um, maybe not so so dry and turning as we thought they might. So that throws up, I guess, whether you want two spinners, which sounds like is going to be the case from something... Buff said the other day in the media, I think. But um, obviously, Max is there as a, another spinning option as well as obviously being out-and-out out batsman to start with. Uh, as you mentioned, his runs in India. Um, you got Hiltz, who looked pretty good up in Darwin with, with um, I guess, his batting. He's coming off a, a lot of a lot of shield runs last season. So I think we've got we've got all, all bases covered in, in the options-wise. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see which 11 take the field first test. And Agar can bat as well, can't he? He can, yeah. He's, he's obviously very solid with the bat. He's, we've seen him score runs at test level before. He, he's a very yep. wristy player, um, which I think suits him when the ball's spinning. He's very wristy. wristy. He gets out to the out to the pitch of the ball and is not afraid to take it on. So he's another, I guess, bowling all-rounder. Uh, Max is probably, probably a batting all-rounder at the moment. So, um, yeah, plenty of options there for the Aussies. And do you think that probably gave him the nod against... Uh, a guy like Steve O'Keefe who did a really did have a really successful India series, but they've already said they're looking towards that next India series in 2021. That seems like a million years away. Uh, but do you think that's probably what separated him in the end? Because he's going to have big shoes to fill. Because O'Keefe took 19 wickets in India and performed extremely well, especially in that first Test match. Yeah, perhaps uh, perhaps that's the case. Um, you know, plenty of runs on the board, and, and then trying to bowl the team out. So, look, Socky bowled really well over in India. Um, I guess he's a very different bowler to, to Ash Agar. Obviously, you've got Nathan Lyon there, who's, who's your number one, and, and um, I guess a spinner Steve will go to to, to make those breakthroughs or hold up an end if the, the quicks are, are firing as well. So, um, yeah, look, Ash, Ash as you mentioned, um, can bat in the, I guess, in the sort of eight eight position there and, and then you build the, the bowls around around that as well and you've got a, a spinning option there as, as as well as Maxi as you mentioned before as all sorts of options there you can you can build into that 11 the selectors have got a tough decision on their hands yeah. don't they uh, how good did Nathan Lyon bowl in India just thinking about it the other day he, he took two five wicket hauls uh, that eight for in Bangalore but I reckon that five for in the last test was the best I've ever seen him bowl uh, you know he's played 60 odd test matches the most experienced player in the test squad now um but I kind of feel, and I want to get your thoughts on this, do you think we've finally actually seen the best of him? That he's played 67 test matches, he's uh, taken 250 test match wickets, but we're only seen the best of him? Yeah, you sort of have to remind him that he's taken so many wickets because he acts like he's playing his first test every time he walks on the field. He's, <laughs> he's a nervous character, but yeah, look, Nate's been such a good bowler for the Australian team for such a long time. And I think the numbers you just mentioned there say it all. He's played, look, he's, he's played, what, 67 test matches, so he's a really experienced player. Um, he's been around the squad for for a long time now. He should sort of, I guess, 
feel like that position's his own and really own it now. And as you mentioned in India, he bowled so well. He probably outbowled the Indian Indian spinners on their on their home turf, and um, obviously he came away with with a, a good amount of wickets. But I think he probably could have taken more as well. He bowled yeah. that well. So yeah, look, he's been fantastic for for us. Um, he's in Asian conditions. You can build the the bowling tack around him. Um, you got Josh Hazelwood and, and Paddy Cummins who are going to. Keep bowling fantastically well. Um, Paddy bowling rapid. Joshy hitting the spot over and over again. Then you've got those options to be your fourth bowler, whether it be Ash, Maxi, Hiltz. I think that's a it's a great great base to build from in in, in this series coming up. And Lyon, that series in India was that that last one on the checklist really because he's done well at home. He's easily the best spinner in Australian conditions for the past ten years after Shane Warne. Uh, he's done pretty well in England he's played even played counter games over there just had that sort of blip on the radar on his record was Asia but that test series was phenomenal yeah exactly I think he's probably copped a bit um, from his Asian series where he hasn't taken those massive amount of wickets he's still bowled really well but he hasn't come come away with those bags of wickets that guys like your Ashwins and your um, Jadej that, that bowl so much that they those teams rely on those two when, when uh, we've sort of got a, a few bowlers that we, we tend to try and take our wickets. So it's, it's great for Nathan to come away with a, a bag of wickets in India and, as you said, sort of check that one off and, and say, look, I, I really can bowl in these conditions. So you just got to... I think he's got to tell himself that and really learn from that and say, I know I can do it now and just let me do it, that sort of thing. Just let him do it. Uh, we talked about the pitches before and the weather... Not great. I looked at the forecast for the first test. It looks like there's going to be rain every day. How much? Uncertain. Uh, it doesn't look like it's going to be a washout of any days, but I think it'll be one of those test matches where it's on again, off again. Uh, let's say that the pitches are pretty standard, pretty traditional. They're the dry, spinning, sort of powdery wickets. As a fast bowler, Mitch, you've done pretty well in Asia before. Um, how do you go about bowling on those type of wickets as a quick? Um, yeah, look, I think the quicks have got to know their bowl. I'm a little bit different to someone like a, a Josh Hazelwood who builds a lot of pressure because he can can hit a spot consistently. He's not your he's not your quickest bowler, but he can wear a batsman down. He can draw up the scoreboard. Um, if he's not the one taking the wickets, he's holding up an end, and the guys guys at the other end are, are trying to take the wickets. So someone like Josh does that. Um, Paddy Cummins is going to be your, your really. I guess you, you spearhead and bowl really quickly, bowl aggressive, um, probably use the short ball a lot to a few of their guys who, who aren't going to enjoy the pace. Um, and then you've got to look at the wickets again. They might be, they tend to be a lot slower when, when we go and play in Asia because they don't like the, the pace. Um, and they tend to obviously favour the spin when they're, they're, they're bowling against our guys. So, yeah, I think I've played a few 2020 games over there in the World Cup and the wickets were... were through the day when the sun was out they were quite slow and took a bit of turn um so obviously there's a lot of rain around i'm not sure how how dry the wickets are going to be and, and if they're going to be underprepared and looking at some of those practice wickets they've mm-hmm. had they've there's actually been a little bit of, of grass on them so that'll be interesting um but as the quicks someone like for myself my, my role is always to be aggressive and, and try and take wickets um try and swing that new ball and then the quicks will try and get that ball to go reverse as quickly as we can and and try and get it reversing while it's still got some hardness about it. As soon as it gets a bit soft, it, it gets a bit easier for the batsman because it's not really coming onto the bat that hard. It's not sort of skidding through or shooting low. It's it's softer and holding in the wicket a little bit. So that's sort of, I guess, a, a very basic 
um, plan for the quicks is to obviously swing it when it's new, try and reverse it as quickly as we can. Uh, and then if it's not doing so much, we're just trying to hold up an end, not go for many runs and let the spinners go and go about the business and try and take the wickets. So it's, it's not over-complicating it. It's pretty simple. It's just about going and executing it. What about the spinners? Do they have a, um, a preference of the ball to you guys? It seems like the ball is always centred around the quicks, swinging it with a new ball, getting it to reverse. But does, do the spinners like a certain type of wear and tear on the ball or do they just not care? Or do they, do they have a choice? Do they just bowl with whatever, they, whatever they're given? Yeah, I'm not sure they're as picky as as the quicks are. It's not uh, obviously they they like to work with a bit of drift. So if, if it's um, swinging or reversing, they might get a bit of that if they they bowl a certain way. Um, I think the boys now that the spinners when we go to Asia, they've got to be prepared to, to even bowl with the new ball. So they do a bit of that at training because um, some of the wickets, especially in India, we had spinners obviously opening the bowling. Indian did that. India did that a lot. Um, so Nath, Nath, I know. Uh, practices with a new ball, with a really old ball. Uh, practice not getting getting the rough side um, flat or, or damp. Uh, making sure that the options there for the quicks, if it is reversing, not to to really ruin that ball. So it's something that the bowling group talk a lot about. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think it, it. I don't think they're as worried about the ball as as the quicks are because we're trying to get it moving off the straight. They can do a bit off the wicket with the how much they're revving it and, and that sort of thing as well. What about the speed of your deliveries? I mean, I'm sure if you're a bowler that's capable of bowling 150 kilometres per hour, you just want to do that every delivery. Uh, we don't see a lot of slow balls in five-day cricket. We see bulk slow balls in one day in T20 cricket in particular. Uh, is that something that you guys try and incorporate or is it more about just that consistency, that, re- that repetition in test match cricket? Yeah, I guess it's something we, we throw in there when and I think when things aren't really going anywhere. If the wicket... Um, if the wicket's taking a bit of turn or if it's a bit slow, you can throw one in there. It's not something that you'd probably bowl as, as often as you do in a one-day, as you mentioned, but it's definitely something that you can, if a batsman's in or, or, or is in sort of hitting them in one gear, you can put him off the game a little bit or try and deceive him a little bit there. But, um, yeah, I think when there's stages of the game, in, in definitely in Asia, where it's not really doing much, you're trying to dry up the runs and, and bring the guy in from the other end, whether it's a spinner or, or a very aggressive fast bowler um, that's where you sort of attack from one end and try and hold from the other and, and make the batsman uh, create a mistake there so there's there's a few ways to go about it it's not one way to skin a cat but um, yeah it's a it's an interesting one for the bowling group to talk about ahead of these sort of series in Asia let's look at the opponents Bangladesh they've also got 14 players in their first test squad uh, Mitch you've run your eye over the uh, the playing group who are some of the major threats for the Tigers at home? Um, obviously, I think your you big fugue there, obviously, Shakib, who's, a, who's an all-rounder there, who's, who's dangerous at bat and ball. Um, I think he is the f- best all-rounder yeah. in the world at the yeah. moment, or very close to anyway. But, um, yeah, he's obviously a key player for them. He's been around for a long time. He knows he knows how to bat long time, score big runs. He's, he's very... I guess he's a wicket-taking option with the ball as well. Um, and one of their senior guys, you've got Tamim, who's... who's up the order, top of the order batsman. We saw him score a lot of runs in the Champions Trophy. Yep. He's someone they'll rely on. Um, and then you've got a few of their quicks. I've seen a bit of Taskin who's got a bit of pace about him. Obviously, the Fizz, there's a lot of talk about him over the last year, year and a half. He's got some skills with the slow balls and the variations. Probably more of a of a, a limited overs bowler at the moment, but um, he's, obviously... He's very suffering from that shoulder injury too. He's sort of coming back into form as well. So he's... We'll see what type of form he's in, but yeah, he's yeah. 
He's a dangerous threat. But he's played with, with Davey Warner in the, mm. the IPL. So Davey's going to have some intel on him. Um, and then a few of the other guys um, I'm not so sure about. But uh, they're, they're probably the, the key guys in their team. I think that'll... Obviously with the, the bat, Tamim and, and Shakib, who, who will do a lot of the... Will try and do a lot of the damage with the... Playing so much cricket in, in their home conditions, um, but look as we saw in England, they're, they're a team who are up and about. They're, they're playing some good cricket and they're playing at home, so they're going to be tough to tough to play against and tough to beat. That's what I was going to say. They're no longer the easy beats, are they? Uh, people used to think that Bangladesh are coming, or you go there and fill up your boots. Australia actually a fair bit of peril in uh, 20, 2006. If it wasn't for a gutsy Ricky Ponting fourth inning century or dare I say it, a Jason Gillespie double century. Uh, <laughs> He'll tell might, you about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, uh, they might have found themselves in a bit of a spot of bother. That was a, uh, a superstar team. Uh, no disrespect to one at the moment, but when you've got guys like Warren, Gilchrist, Ponting in that side, even they were challenged. But now, Bangladesh, they're beating the likes of England at home. Um, it's going to be tough. There's, there's no way that the Aussies can rest on their laurels, can they? No, not at all. They're, as you mentioned, they're, they're playing at home, so they're, they're going to be tough no matter what. And they've been playing some good cricket over a little while. They, they beat England. Um, they played some really good cricket in the obviously a different format in the Champions Trophy, but they played some really good cricket there. They beat beat New Zealand. Um, so yeah, look, they're they're no one to take lightly. You can't do that in cricket these days, and especially when you're playing away and and playing a, a team that are they're up and about and they're they're ready to take the challenge to the Aussies. So it's um yeah, it's going to be tough work, I think. Conditions are going to definitely play a part with, with obviously a lot of rain around being monsoon season, an interesting time to play the series. Um, but if the wickets do get prepared well and, and we see wickets like we normally do in Asia, there's going to be a bit of turnabout as well. So a big challenge for the Aussies coming up. Now, speaking of England, they're playing over there on home soil. They just beat South Africa. They just thumped the West Indies. Uh, are you keeping a close eye on that series, Mitch? Because as we know, the Ashes is coming up. Are you... Paying a little bit more attention as you would, more than you would in a normal English summer. Uh, I did have a bit of a watch of that uh, the South African series. Um, I was over there in England, uh, obviously watching watching the girls play the World Cup, and so s- sort of got to watch a lot of that on TV as well. And um, yeah, there's probably I guess a better series to watch to see where where England are at. Uh, obviously heading into the Ashes, um, West Indies aren't really doing too much damage at the moment obviously with the the pink ball England took a, a lot of liking to that with the bat and the ball and um, so I don't think you can read too much into that fixture obviously uh, um, the first game in in England with the pink ball the pink juke moved around a bit and and Jimmy and Brody enjoyed that that swing um, the Windies didn't do <laughs> didn't enjoy it as much but um, yeah look they're obviously a, a changing batting lineup with a few guys coming in and out and they're trying a few things obviously you've got Cook and Root who are their main guys there that they're going to probably build their batting around and, and their bowlers have been around for a long time and have played a lot in Australia as well so yeah I think we'll all be keeping a, a little bit of an eye on it but I don't think you can read too much into them when they're playing the West Indies the way they are at the moment unfortunately. Yes it's a sad state of affairs in the Caribbean uh, however England there's still a lot of question marks about Cook's opening partner who bats at number three Wesley's at the moment but he's looked a bit shaky Milan number five Mitch is an opening bowler are you licking your lips at this? You look at these struggling England batsmen and going, pick them, bring them to Australia. Let's play them right now. Yeah, they're certainly not as settled in the batting stakes as they, they probably were a little while ago. Obviously, as we mentioned, Root and Cook are their two guys that are quite experienced and, and they're two key batters anyway, uh, obviously scoring a lot of the runs in the last little bit. So they're trying a few guys at the top there with, with the last couple of series. Um, 
so you never you don't really quite know who they're going to bring to Australia yet in the batting stakes and uh, it'll be interesting it's it's a nice little one to watch for the for the bowls um, I think we're a, a pretty well more settled side than they are at the moment so it's, it's been good they, they'll, they'll rely a lot on their bowlers who've come to Australia and played a lot in Australia before and and I think that's what they'll I guess that's probably their, their most dangerous part about their team with guys who've taken a lot of wickets um, home and away as well um, but yeah their batting lineup is one we can look at and try and try and exploit in our conditions Are you pumped up about it? I mean your next international outing is going to be that first test if everything goes to plan Hopefully the first yeah, yeah well yeah I mean are you pumped up? I mean it's still a couple of months away but can you feel it already? Is it coursing through your veins, Mitch? No, nah, we won't talk about it too much. Going to win a win a uh, one day cup for New South Wales before That's then. That's true. But, um, yep. No, look, the, the boys are going to play some cricket in Bangladesh, and then they move on to India as well. So there's a bit of cricket before the Ashes. There's always going to be a little eye on it, and, and it's going to be in the in the back there. But um, I think once we hit sort of September, October. Definitely, latest stages of October. That's when everyone will be up and about and ready for it to start. Those Shield games, right? We've got three Shield games. The first one's a day-night round, and then two more. I mean, that's when it really hits, doesn't it? One day cups done, all their limited overs, international stuffs done. Then it's just white, red, and pink ball cricket, <laughs> and you're into it. Yeah, definitely. I think once once the boys finish uh, finish over in India, and and we don't have to focus on those series anymore because you, you don't want to look too far ahead. They're very important series for us as well. We want to win as many as we can away from home, but um, yeah, once once we're, we've knocked those over and we can really look forward to the start of a very exciting summer for for domestic cricket in Australia and, and definitely for, for the international schedule with, with the big ashes and then later on in the summer we've got South Africa as well. All right, we're going to finish with me bowling and over of questions <laughs> to you, Mitch. You ready for that? Go for it. <laughs> Okay, first one. Uh, your favourite test dismissal? Uh, it has to be... Oh, is it personally? Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, you're uh, right. I have to be the first one. It wasn't. It's not the best wicket I've ever taken, but it's my first test wicket and I'll never forget it because it was on my test debut and funnily enough, it was Brendan McCullum as well. So um, definitely my favourite one. So would your favourite overall dismissal be the World Cup? Brendan McCullum again, the final? Yeah, it has to be because the noise at the MCG in a World Cup final was unbelievable. I've not played an Ashes test at, in Melbourne, but um, yeah, 90-odd thousand people um, in a World Cup final and you take a wicket, it was pretty special and very loud. Tough to beat that one. Okay, number two. Uh, how about the hardest trainer in the Aussie team and why? Hardest trainer? Um, Steve Smith definitely hits the most balls. Uh, he'll, bat, he'll bat until you tell him not to bat um, <laughs> and then he'll bat some more. So skills-wise, he definitely hits the longest and, and works the hardest at his skill. Um, overall, it's a very good question. Um, maybe the quicks work the hardest. Let's let's not <laughs> let's not beat around the bush. We we do a lot of work in the gym, a lot of running, a lot of bowling. You also have the day off before a test match. Well, we need to, mate. We do all the work just away saying, from it as hey, well. I'm just saying, I'm trying to defend the batsman here. They need someone here to stand <laughs> if up for If all them. we had to do was stand there and hit balls, we could do that every day of the week as well. <laughs> so you're going to stick with Smith? Smith's definitely the... Uh, he has to be the, the hardest all-round worker, I think, yeah. Okay. Uh, how about the rival 
bowler you most admire and why? Um, good question. Um, probably Dale Stain for a long time there. Um, he's taken so many wickets. He's done it in all conditions. A serious athlete. He's not mm. the biggest bloke or, or the strongest bloke, but he's he's played a lot of cricket, taken a lot of wickets, bowled fast for a long time, and it's unfortunately it's starting to catch up with him. But, um, yeah, for someone like that, a lot of admiration for. Cool. Uh, how about the... Uh you're a tailender. Uh, best top order batsman to bat alongside with, and why? I really enjoyed. Uh, unfortunately, I'm going back to Steve, but I enjoyed batting last year in the Boxing Day Test with Steve because um, he just takes the game on and he's he's quite easy to bat with. He doesn't really say much. Um, you sort of laugh at him a little bit because he's so fidgety and and he's thinking so far ahead of the game and then we got to a stage where he just sort of gave me a license to start swinging as well so I really enjoyed that um, if I had to pick at a top order batsman otherwise I, I love batting with Nate Lyon because we just laugh at each other the whole time <laughs> we're, take, we're making jokes and just trying not to get hit by the cricket ball there's a good story isn't there about that uh, Ricky Ponting's last test match in Perth it was yep. you and him facing uh, staring at I don't know how big the deficit was yep, 400 runs <laughs> Well, you got Dale Stain charging in, all these big quicks, and you guys are just there copping it. You, you lasted a fair while, didn't you? Yeah, I think we made 60 or 70, um, but we were just laughing at the end of every over because they were bowling <laughs> rapid with a brand-new ball in Perth, and we were just scared. We were just like, don't get hit, and we were scoring real quick, and they were just telling us not to start swinging because they're going to bowl shorter and faster. And We took it on and had a bit of a laugh and scored a few runs along the way. Nice one. Uh, just a... A little bit of a side one here. Uh, this doesn't count. This is, that was a no ball. We'll bowl this ball again. England bat very low um, when they've got guys like Chris Wokes potentially coming in at number nine. He's a, almost a genuine all rounder in his own right. Uh, how much emphasis are you guys going to put on the tail adding a lot of runs in the Test summer? Not over in, not in Bangladesh, but in, in the Ashes. Uh, is there sort of a target, a number that you guys, the bottom four or bottom five, look at to try and contribute in each innings? Yeah, there is. Um, I think the lower order, as we like to call ourselves. Sorry, not the tail. <laughs> no, we take a lot of pride in our batting and we all work really hard at it. And I think some, one of the KPIs we use in, in that we did use in, in the Indian series was um, for two guys in the, the last four to face at least 60 balls. Okay. Um, if you're spending some time in the middle, you're, you're contributing to the score, um, you're keeping the other team out there as well and... and for some of it, you're probably batting with another batsman as well. Um, so that's that was a KPI we had in the Indian series. Um, but yeah, I think if if the bottom order can contribute, you know, between ideally you're scoring 150 in the yeah. last sort of four blokes, um, and if your top order is scoring runs, you, you're making totals of 500 plus, which is is always a, a positive, and you're leaving yourself in a, a good state for the rest of the game. So we, we definitely can all bat um, and take a lot of pride in and sort of give each other a bit of stick along the way as well uh, okay well back into the legal deliveries now uh, this sort of leads it perfectly on uh, how about the favorite six you've hit because you've become uh, quite a renowned slogger Mitch <laughs> you take the long hand <laughs> at least you use the right word the slogger there. <laughs> yeah but I mean it's become a real feature of your game being able to clear the fence so is there one that six in your mind perhaps one from that Melbourne innings Always enjoy taking on the spinners. Um, that doesn't always come off. Uh, I think against South Africa, I got got pinned um, from one end. I think Kyle Abbott hit me in the head, and the next over I pulled Philander for six at Adelaide. So I'll hit that one because I was just—I think I closed my eyes and swung on that one, but <laughs> hit the middle of the bat and ended 
20 rows back. Is it something you worked on? Is it a legitimate thing they've been practicing to, about trying to clear the pickets and really put the emphasis back on the bowlers? No, uh, not, not uh, focusing on clearing them. Um, but if I see a ball there, I'm going to swing hard and I've got long levers. So I've um, been working on my golf game. So it's, it's obviously generating, moving into my cricket game and, and clearing the rope a little bit. But um, yeah, Buff's, Buff's good like that. He, he's, he's very, um, I guess, pro if you see it hit it um, and if it's spinning into you you swing harder um, <laughs> but yeah I I like to think I can take on the game a, a little bit at different times um, obviously depending on who I'm batting with and, and different stages of the game and yeah it was nice to hit a few sixes through the summer last year Is there a goal for you moving forward that where you want to get your batting to do you want to be uh, a sort of almost an all-rounder or do you want to be an all-rounder do you want to make sure that number eight sport's always yours do you want to Get test centuries and contribute heavily with the bat? Yeah, I think that's the main one, just contributing with the bat um, and being more consistent. I don't I don't really care about being talked about as an all-rounder or I'm still a bowler um, who can contribute with the bat and I just want to do that more consistently, whether I'm, I stay at eight or, or move around through eight or nine, um, being able to contribute more consistently with the bat. I've been able to score, uh, what, nine fifties now, so... I want to do that more consistently and, and um, I guess put the team in a better position with the bat if, if need be, if we're in a bit of trouble early or, or, or scoring some quick runs late. It's, it's, um, I think all I'm worried about is doing that more consistently and, and contrib- contributing more often than not. And you want to get 100, don't you? That'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, not stuck at 99, but yeah, maybe, gonna, maybe one day. When you're chasing the game, you should elbow the skipper and say, mate, get me up the order, I'll slog a few for you. Well, no, I let myself down in Melbourne when... This smudger gave me about three overs. He said we we're going to declare, and I still needed about thirty runs to get to hundred. And I started swinging, and I think it got out on eighty-four or something like that. Okay, last one. And this could be the boldest prediction you've made today. Uh, give us a bolter for the fast bowlers union this summer. Will there someone from outside the core group? And I know Mitch Marsh is probably listening to this. Uh, is there someone that you can see maybe trying to? squeeze their way in that's a very good question currently we've only got four members haven't we would you consider relaxing the rules a little bit get someone like a Mitch Marsh in there or a Hilton Mitch is very close Mitch is probably a bit closer than Hilt is at the moment Um, because Hilt showed us all up in the gym during testing through the summer (laughs) he's a big boy um yeah, look, it's something that the board will have to sit down and, and discuss. Um, Josh, Pat and myself will have to yep. look at all the nominations, um, pros and cons to what they can offer the fast bowling cartel. Um, obviously, the physios there is a, is a little additional um, yeah. set of eyes there on, on the board. He's sort of uh, contracted out there. So he's got plenty of uh, opinion there. But um, we'll sit down as a, a fast bowlers union, um, being the three of us, and really discuss all the, the nominations and we might think about adding one this year, yeah. So Mitchie's very close. Uh, this could be his year. It's not a decision you take lightly, is it? And you've it's got not. James Pattinson as well. We do, yeah. Pato's, Pato's definitely there. Um, yeah, we, hopefully he's, he's, um, he's all good to go. His back's okay and we can add... He can come back onto the board. He he's definitely um, doesn't lose his membership. He's no. just sort of put on a, a little bit of hiatus there when we let him be and um, recuperate. And, and then um, once he's back and firing and... and He's back part of the cartel. And then then he'll have a say on Mitchie Marsh as well. So um, <laughs> we definitely have, have uh, four members. Obviously two over in Bangladesh. But um, 
yeah, we'll have to sit down as a group and discuss all of that. Mitchell. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> Watch this space. Uh, listen to this space more, uh, more likely. Uh, Mitch, thank you very much for your time, mate. Let's hope the recovery is a speedy one. We want to see you back out there playing cricket again, tearing up the JLT One Day Cup and then the JLT Sheffield Shield and then the uh, Magellan Ashes, I think it's called now. So, uh, yep, let's hope for a speedy recovery. Thanks again for coming on. Thank you for having me. We're going to finish the show with some top order news, starting with the shoulder injury that has ruled out Australia captain Meg Lanning of the Commonwealth Bank Women's Ashes. Lanning had been nursing an issue for some time, playing through pain in the Women's World Cup, and underwent surgery last week in Melbourne. The 25-year-old is set to be sidelined for six to eight months, which also rules her out of participating in the Rebel Women's Big Bash League and the Women's National Cricket League. Following their impressive 3-1 series win over South Africa, England, as we spoke with Mitchell Stark about, they thumped the West Indies in Edgbaston in the first ever day-night test on UK soil. Evergreen ex-captain Alistair Cook scored 243 and skipper Joe Root 136 as the host racked up 8 for 514. In reply, the West Indies collapsed twice, bowled out for 168 and 137 following on to lose by an innings and 209 runs. Stuart Broad claimed five wickets in the match and in doing so surpassed Sir Ian Botham as England's second highest wicket taker. The next test at Headingley starts on Friday. And finally, the fixtures for the JLT Sheffield Shield and the JLT One Day Cup have been announced. The One Day start in Brisbane on September 27 with games sprinkled across Brisbane, Sydney and Perth before the tournament wraps up in Hobart on October 21. Five days later, the Sheffield Shield starts under floodlights at the Gabba, the Wacker, and then the Adelaide Oval on the 27th. There will be three full rounds of Shield cricket before the first Ashes Test in Brisbane, giving Australia's Test players and those pushing for selection ample time to put some performances on the board and fine-tune their skills in the whites. Head to cricket.com.au for a full list of the schedules. Well, that's it for today's episode. We'll be back to wrap up the first Test between Australia and Bangladesh. If you get a spare moment, subscribe, rate, and write a review about the Unplayable Podcast on iTunes. And you can also listen to each episode on Spotify. So until next time, stay logged on to cricket.com.au for all your cricket news, scores, and video. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.